a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back. Final segment of Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson. And I want to circle back to where we began the second hour of the program uh, with a, a really interesting interview by David Brooks. And uh, many of you know David Brooks. He's a New York Times contributor, uh, often weighing in uh, not just on things politics, but he's really an observer of society and what is working and what is not working. Uh, he appeared on the Russell Moore show and uh, they had a, just a very fascinating conversation. And I want to go back to it because I think it really it struck a chord for me in terms of why we are where we are. But more importantly, where do we go from here as it relates to social capital, how we connect with one another, uh, how we actually determine what is true and what is not? Uh, so David talked about this in the context of uh, why are all of these you know negative things happening in the world, everything from suicide being up to addiction being up, uh, deaths of despair and all of those kinds of things. Uh, but he believes there's a, a bigger reason than uh, just the just the technology. There's there's more to it. I, I could tell you a lot of stories about why this is happening. Some of it would be sociological. That we've, we're just hanging out with each other less and what they call social capital is on the way down. And that's a sociological story. I could tell you a technological story that social media is really having a negative effect. I could tell you an economic story. There's a lot of people who are economically insecure. The one I'm thinking about most these days is really a moral story. So Brooks went on to say that uh, in relationship to this moral story, so again, technology, economics, all of those things play in, uh, but there's also a moral story which is centered in this idea that we've, we've really stopped trying to develop good character. This idea that we've bought into moral relativism, that truth is subjective, uh, I think that can be appealing on the front end. It uh, never seems to quite work out well on the back end. But listen to David describe this idea that character matters and developing character is important for all of us. For much of American history... Put aside religion for a second. We had a sense that character was something you worked on, that we were fundamentally sinful and broken people, and that therefore you needed to work on your sin. You needed to some form of moral formation. It could be within a faith, but it didn't have to be. You could go to the Marine Corps or you could go to university and you could read great books and try to see how can I work on my selfishness, my sinfulness, and lead a worthwhile life. We sort of threw away that whole character ethos around about the 1950s, and we said, I'm good. I'm not sinful. Mm. Deep inside me is something really good. And that 
maybe worked for a while, but essentially people lost a sense of meaning in life, sense of purpose, and it turns out we're not really good inside. So that whole idea of if we if we go down the moral relativism path, again, often appealing at the outset, um, there's there's sort of this interesting thing that happens as a result of that. It's the the tolerant way to think. You know, we we talk about it that way in correctness. Everybody can decide for themselves what's right and what's true and what's wrong and, and live their life accordingly. And that no one can question that. No one gets to judge that. And again, on the surface, there's appeal to that. But when you think about it, it's, it's, it is totally illogical. Uh, how can there be two truths that oppose each other and both be true? Uh, those, are, those are challenging questions. And it's not about running a, around judging people on your own. That's, that's part of the problem. Uh, in fact, David Brooks talked about this specifically. He said, because we have lost this drive to develop moral character and we've lost that sense of meaning and purpose, we're trying to fill it. But guess what we're trying to fill it with? Politics. And that actually makes it worse. Out of that sort of excessive trust in self came a period of moral anarchy, uh, the breakup in family, the breakup in marriage. And people can't stand moral anarchy, and they will do anything to get out of it. And so to me, what they've chosen to try to get out of the moral anarchy is politics. And politics yeah. is a moral system that says, I'm good, my enemies are evil, and I will achieve righteousness by fighting my foes. And in this case, the cure is worse than disease. We went from moral anarchy to moral war. From moral anarchy to moral war. Uh, I once heard Elder D. Todd Christofferson of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints say that if everyone is a determiner of truth and declares their own truth that's unquestionable, what that means is if you disagree, you're attacking them. It's a personal attack. And that actually leads to the real breakdown of communication and the creation of conflict. Because it's no longer a discussion of pros and cons and being surprised by learning something or being curious and leaning in. If you disagree with my perception of what is truth, then you're attacking me because that is me. And no wonder, no wonder we have such division and such conflict in the world if that's the way we're going to think. And we have to recognize that that doesn't work. It doesn't work for society. It doesn't work logically. Uh, it doesn't work in terms of truth. Truth is truth. And if we're guided by truth and we're willing to absorb and learn as much as we can, stay curious, so much the better. So much the better for us individually, way better for us as society. And so I think we've been sold this false notion in terms of what truth is and, and what moral relativism brings. Because I'm convinced that we can, we can live together in a pluralistic society without abandoning truth. Now, how do we do that? It starts with respect. Uh, and I would add reverence for people. If you have respect and reverence for other people, uh, I think if we're ever going to cure the cancer of contempt uh, that is plaguing this country and society as a whole, it has to start with respect and reverence. Absent those two things, uh, it's hard to get anywhere. So if we are going to get rid of contempt, that us versus them, I'm right, you're wrong, if you disagree with me in any way, shape, or form, 
then we can actually create space for a different kind of conversation. Curious conversations, fearlessly curious conversations, conversations where you can't say, wow, I'd never thought of it that way before. Or have a wow moment and let somebody you disagree with actually surprise you. There's a triple dog dare for your Thursday. Let somebody that you disagree with or someone that you think you've got pegged, you know what their motives are, you know what their flaws are, you know everything that's bad about them. Let that person surprise you. Let them do it. And I guarantee you they will. Uh, Some of the greatest things I've ever learned have been from people that I disagree with in a big way. Even people that I was suspicious of or people that maybe I had prejudged or wrongly judged. But in order to do that, again, you have to value that we can live in a pluralistic society without abandoning truth, that we can have respect and reverence for one another. Because it's true that that ultimately that respect and reverence for others provides us all a place to begin, to begin a different kind of conversation, to walk a little different path, to have a better perspective about where somebody's coming from and why. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. I don't know if there's any emotion better than the emotion of being surprised. And I think we have set surprise on the back burner for far too long. And the way you experience surprise is by staying curious and staying open to other people, especially those that you disagree with. So let's dare to disagree a little better. Stay curious. Get surprised. It's worth it. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Your all day resource for critical breaking news, traffic and weather, and conversation about Utah's most important stories. Listen on any smart speaker, the KSL News Radio app, and in your car. 102.7 FM, KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City, KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.